Hello, welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Okay, let's get started, Michael. It's the Bossy Podcast. How are you? Fine, I'm fine. I've been working all week like a madman, so we're back on track. How are you, Mark? <laughs> Good. I've had a busy week as usual. Very busy yeah. day today. Um, as I'm just messaged you, I think I'm fueled on caffeine at the moment because I've been talking all day long. I've been talking to clients, I've been talking to people within the business, and I've been producing videos as well for yeah, our new yeah. platform. Platform yeah, yeah. is something I want to talk to you about later on, actually. We but should the... talk about platform because yeah. I, I believe in the platform approach. And funnily enough, I've also been making movies the whole day, Mark. So I've been fighting with light and sound. <laughs> and, 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 and the one thing I wanted to, I mean, especially for our listeners, you know, we talked a lot about batch production and that's what you've been doing. One of the yeah. things that I always know is in the beginning, I always go through this half an hour of frustration phase. And then suddenly I realized, man, I'm really, I, I, I got it. And then you have to grab the momentum. And then I made like 15 movies in a row, like every three, four minutes, a new one, a new one, a new one. And then it stops again. Yeah. You have it. Right? You yeah. have it and then step away from it. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got we've got a studio where we're fortunate in the fact that we can have the lighting set up. We've got a couple of different angles that we can use, um, so we can leave the lighting set up. But we find if you have to take all of that down and then set yeah. it up, the time yeah. to do that to balance the lighting to get it to look as you want, yeah, it, that can take up a lot of your time. It can be quite frustrating, especially when you're you're busy within the business and you've got other things going on and you can get a bit frustrated. So we, what we do now is we think ahead and we get that lighting set up and actually somebody does that for me. So I walk in there, it's all ready to go and I just go. That, yeah. that works because it can become quite frustrating. True, I know. True, true. I, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I, I'm a keen photographer, so I do see this from a different perspective and, and I would say that, I'm not the typical viewer here, and I think I can be too picky. But, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm predominantly, I'm a stills photographer. I was actually trained as a photographer, but I like to see good photography. So yeah. hopefully, you know, and I think the quality of the videos that we've been producing re recently has dramatically improved, really good. I see a lot of videos out on the internet Um quite funny I was saying I said to a couple of people this week the number of videos that I see business advice videos that are being presented by a 20 year old who's obviously in the basement of his parents house telling yeah. people how to run their business that always makes the, me smile the, the, seven, the 17 year old <laughs> on Instagram that has in his title serial entrepreneur I love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was talking to. I do an event with a with a guy who's really good called Marnik Vandenberg. He's really really good on stage. He actually started as a young guy, as a stand up comedian, and his his his. I mean, his main job was actually talking conferences. You know, introducing people, speakers, and all of that. 
And um, so we are together yesterday and we're taking, we hired a professional photographer. So I understand the lightning because the guy, the only thing he cared about was the light. He had just one light or two light bulbs and he just said, move a centimeter closer, move a bit to there, watch there. And I was impressed with the quality of the pictures. It's, it's, it's impressive. It's truly impressive. I, I think it's important. And I, and I think that there's a, there's a lot of competition out there. You do want to have something that visually is um, engaging to watch. I also think, and um, I, while you're away, I, I said that we did the interview with David Shieldhouse and we, he was talking about yes. software salespeople. It was, it was good. It was really interesting. We could have gone on a lot longer. He recommended to me a podcast that he listens to and he was, he was talking you know, with great animation and passion about it. He sent it to me. I couldn't stand it because of the, really? sound, the voice of the person that was talking. It was, yeah. I don't know, it was, it was a sort of like a whining noise in my ear. I think that yeah, but, the, yeah. what they were saying was, was good. And it, and it's a very popular podcast. I mean, I can't deny that, but honestly, if I listen to it anymore, I would want to punch them. It was driving me crazy. Isn't the character, I have it with, uh, now people are going to kill me, but I honestly have that with Tim Ferriss. I, <laughs> I like his books, but I just can't listen to it. I, after four or five minutes, I go like, Let's get to the point, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's wrong, so I stopped listening to – I listen to a lot of other podcasts because, I mean, I, I like to listen to it. Yeah. I just can't – I need to read Tim Ferriss. That's weird, huh? It's, that's, no, it's, that's, yeah. that's, 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 a, that's a great confession. I, I think you're very brave to say that because he has got a really big following. What, yeah. is, what is it? Because this is interesting because I've, I've got my pet hates about that, and I do listen yeah. to Tim Ferriss. Um, on on a fairly regular basis, but what is it about his podcast that you don't like? Because I've I can name it, something. It's 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 just it just it takes too long to get to the action to the point to to to. I, I mean, it just for me, it just doesn't engage like within. I, I need to be very quickly engaged in getting to the point, and and I need the action, and I need like it's sometimes a bit too. And I used to come from a big philosophy background, but then. I left the metaphysics and went down to maybe too pragmatic, right? I, I, I don't know. I just got to like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Come on, come on, move it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's that intro. And it's yep. because he's obviously sponsored and he's got a number of people that sponsor the podcast and he does this big advert at the front. And I must admit, I am a bit impatient. I want him to get to the meat of it and I want him to get straight into it. Yep. Um, yep. And also sometimes the way that he speaks, he's got a certain intonation with his voice and he does it in the same way and after a while that can become a bit irritating but it's 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 not too bad it's not definitely not as bad as this one that david recommended to me i, I won't i won't announce who it is on this podcast or perhaps i'll tell you later but it's quite a quite a well-known one and it could be just me i mean I think it, it must be you mark there is no doubt it's you yeah that's right millions <laughs> so of people you said, could you, be said, wrong. you said something in the beginning platforms i am wondering where do you what do you mean yes um one of the areas I've been looking at over the last few weeks, and I've got a client who we're looking at how they move forward. We think we're there very much in a hot sector. They've got some great technology. We're bringing in you know, a number of the other important elements that we see that can really put them in a position for fast growth. And potentially they could be a company that could do very well on a platform. Now, when talk about platform, I'm not talking about just a technology platform, although it obviously involves technology. 
I'm talking about the sort of platform where you have buyers and sellers, and there could be a number of other people that are trading on that platform. And yeah, there's a, there's a so number you're of saying you're saying like uh, you're saying like uh, an Uber, Airbnb, yes. that kind of trading Absolutely. platforms. That's a really uh, that's a really good example actually because. Um, what what they've done there that's actually very clever is that you've got consumers and you've got suppliers and those people can actually swap swap positions. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. The yeah, consumers, yeah. the people who are, you know are needing a lift, may get a lift. They may use the app for for some time and then actually say, actually, I could be one of these drivers, or yeah. they could recommend somebody else. And and what the real skill is there because if you think about it. They've come into the market and they've, I mean, they've created enormous amount of value with what they've done by creating this platform. But the organization themselves, they don't own a taxi. They don't own a cab. It's a bit yeah, like Airbnb. That's the scary, that's the scary yeah. part with Uber. Right? They don't own anything, actually. What they're good at is maintaining this business ecosystem of trading. And, and you do have to maintain that balance. I, you know, I've been thinking about this. What is the skill? Because there's lots of there's lots of organisations that have tried to do this. But when you're looking at those that have been successful, because you know, as you know, I've been doing we've been doing some research, not just me, but within Boss Equity, we've been doing research for the last eighteen months, looking at the fastest growing software tech businesses and sort of separately the really big unicorn companies and when you're looking at those unicorns you're noticing that a number of these are, are using platforms uh, the yep. other the other example is airbnb i mean i think the story behind mm. them was it, it was a couple of guys that there was a conference in their area and they were broke and they needed a way to raise some money and they thought if we, we supplied some blow-up mattresses, we could hire out one of the rooms. And then this idea escalated from there. And now they are, they are beating. They've got a, a business that's more valuable than hotel chains that have been around for decades. And they don't own a hotel. They don't own no. the property. There, there is, I agree. There is one because I help a lot of startups and scale-ups in this, in this model. There is an... There, there is a lot of risk also because it's a two-sided model. So you're actually betting on the two. I mean, it's not yes. betting. You have to fight on the two sides. So the one thing that all of them kind of needed, either they have this very quick viral approach, which is becoming more and more difficult because, I mean, every niche, every hole has, <laughs> there is a software for. On the other hand, you'll need a lot of cash to support the whole marketing because it's a fundamentally marketing-driven uh, and then a user interface kind of approach. Huh? If you think about it, it's the most friendly user interface that that's so easy on the onboarding that that's going to win. And then it's scale. Yeah, I, th I mean, I think any, any organization that grows at the rate that we've seen s some of these companies grow at, they're ob it's obviously going to be easier if they've got investment. I mean... I'm not against, against uh, investment per se. Um, when you look at the unicorn companies, there are unicorn companies that haven't taken any investment. No, there are true. some really good examples. True. Um, true. But I obviously, agree. it's like anything. If you're going into battle and you've got more firepower, you, you increase your chances. 
there are also examples of companies that had a good idea. Um, there was a lot of enthusiasm and passion. People threw in hundreds of millions and they've blown it all. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's no guarantee. But just talking about this idea of creating a platform where there can be a number of people trading and it they can be it, it's creating a business ecosystem and the skill is making sure that that environment thrives and it, as you say it is two-sided it's probably even more than two-sided because i can think that if you've got um, a company that has software and you have consumers you could also have for instance consultants you could have systems integrators who could be applying that software. There could also be, um, for some types of software, um, for instance, the consumers that have created IP around process that could be resold. So yeah. it, it becomes quite an interesting model of buying and selling. True, true, true. Yeah. It's, it's trading almost. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a, I have a bad works, example, actually. And yeah. thinking about it, there was a company in Belgium that uh, specialized called Flavor. And they specialized in the idea was simple. You are cooking at home and, you know, we always make too much. And then basically you could say, you could post online, guys, I made uh, three plates too much. Uh, you can come and get them uh, for, I mean, you could name uh, an amount. And they had lots and lots of people subscribing um that have extra food, yes. but they didn't have people that wanted wanted the food. That was intriguing. So they 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 went they they went bust actually. That's the thing. It's keeping it's it's the balance, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very difficult one. Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. they've focused on on the people that have got the surplus. Yeah, they didn't. They weren't able to attract the people that would be the consumers, and that's the key to it. And it's I think that's. That's where it really works. And it's like any environment, you have to have the balance, even in the wild, isn't it? You, you, you've, got the, you've got the hunters and you've got the hunted and you need to have the balance and you've got plant life. It's, it's all an ecosystem that needs to keep within balance. But those organizations that seem to do it well, the explosion of valuation and, and, and what they're able to do, they change way, the way people live. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. Look at Uber. I mean, it really has changed how people act and react. And I mean, I get to London. I give you a nice example. I get to London. I take the Eurostar. I arrive. There is a massive queue for the black caps. I don't know how you guys call it. These black caps. Yep, black caps. And I can just pass the queue, type in on the mobile phone. I know which driver picks me up. It's almost, I mean, at least only sixty percent of the price. And I do not have the hassle of the cash and banking cards. Yes crazy it's just it's just a seamless experience yes yeah. i mean it's impressive the first time you but you know peter the guy who did all the f movies i took him to london yes. he never been he never experienced an uber and he was like flabbergasted he told me all the time michael why don't we have that in belgium i said the state is trying to govern and to regulate which is another problem for these platforms yeah. uh but they can't they can't eventually they'll have to you know, you can't a taxi lobby. And then the Belgium taxi lobby, what they do is they block the road for two days to protest against against an Uber. And I mean, everybody in the country thought, you know what, guys, you just killed yourself because you, you, you make everybody upset. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. 
And and how long are they going to blockade? And as soon as they let the blockade up, the business will start flowing again. You can't, it, no, you can't get yeah. in the way there. London no. London had a ban on Uber. I think that's been lifted now. Um, yeah. There were some issues around security, but... Yes. Uh, and you know what? There is one issue I can imagine that's real. When you have some security issues, you always have that with new stuff. The other one is, of course, taxes and control. Because it goes over platform and who's going to pay taxes, who's working where. It's changing the fundamental fabric of, of, of how people bill, right? And that's, that is where things get very tricky and nasty after a while. But that's mm. not our problem, Mark. That's not our, I'm happy it's not our problem. No, no. I think, I mean, another platform which has been a phenomenal success is YouTube. Yeah, and yeah, I wanted think, to say absolutely. Think of the absolutely. effect that that's had upon people across the world. Yeah, yeah. YouTube, and, I think, is the second most popular search engine behind Google. Absolutely, and absolutely. It's, and it's pretty close. Yeah. But the the information and the number of videos that are laid down, and now you've got consumers who become producers. They're they're, yeah. they're supplying the information that goes on to YouTube. But most kids that I meet want to be a YouTube star. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine what's going to happen in a few years because some of them, statistically a lot more than before, will try and learn video and there will be more apps. I mean, you're just going to say it's very intriguing. Well, it, it, uh, it, like anything like this where you've got a lot of people seeing that as an opportunity, what happens is that it's going to be the top X percent that are going to be able to make a living. It's going to be a few less percent that are going to be able to actually do a bit better than that. Um, and then you get the real stars who are the 0.0000% who make an absolute fortune. And there are, yep. there are YouTubers at the moment that are making tens of millions a month, reportedly. Yep. That's, that's what I've seen if you look at the, the earnings of these top YouTubers. But it's very, very competitive. And that the, the competition bar as more and more people see that as an opportunity, it's going to be rising all the time. Absolutely. Quite, quite interesting to see some of the topics and the things that really grab people's attention. And I think at the moment, a lot of it is, is focused around um, a certain age demographic. But and it it's is still ready. very B2C-ish, B2C-ish. So that's, that's where yes. I believe that the B2B business is slowly but surely transforming into B2B2C. Because yes. you're selling to a person and that person has more technology at home and has more access to information than during his work. That's yes. why it's changing. Yes. I think the, the quality of the information, first of all, there, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of issues, I think, for a lot of business owners. And this is something that, that we see quite often is that there's no control over the information and the volume. So first of all, there's so much information out there. If you go and do a search on YouTube and you're looking for something specific, so much information will be thrown at you. I mean, especially anything in the area of marketing. I mean, <laughs> do a search on their B2B marketing. I mean, millions, millions and millions of videos. But, and then the second one is, who's actually providing this information? Is it any good? Mm -hmm. um, that's very difficult. You could spend a lifetime searching through this information. There's probably some good stuff in there, but you know, as we where we came in on this, um, how do you know you're not listening to an 18 year old who's talking to you from the basement of his parents' house, you know, telling you how to be a, an expert in B2B marketing? 
exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But then again, it gives huge opportunity. It does. Yeah. And 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 I I and we had this discussion. That's how you can beat large corporates. They might have the money, but they are just slower by nature. So if you can come in and you can kind of take grab a little piece and expand from there, you could really move quickly. Yes, I, I was listening to the radio um, a couple of days ago, and it and it was about a lady in Germany, and she created um, one of these online. Um, petitions where people sign yeah it was to do with a new government legislation that had come in and she put together a document she sent it out and forgot about it and within a few days she had forty-two thousand signatures and this thing just grew and grew and it 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 got to the stage where there were local politicians that were saying this this lady of 70 years of age, a retired school teacher, I believe she was, a retired music teacher, she had more power than they did as individual politicians. (laughs) And they were meeting with her. And then she realised that she needed some funding because she needed to to be able to raise money to put together a legal case, so she needed a lawyer. And she asked it for some, um, some, some sponsorship. And again, she she was inundated with money coming in through her letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> it was just phenomenal. She had the power of a political party over there. One individual who just happened to hit the right tune in the right way. And yeah. you know, we, you 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 see that. I've I've got um, there's there's a sixty the sixty unicorn businesses that we're tracking at the moment and we're always looking for new businesses that that come into this sort of the, the giant category and we're watching several hundred of the really fast growth. But the phenomenal thing that we're seeing is and one particular client is working with two partners and well working with a number of partners, but two of his partners have gone from startup to unicorn within three or four years. And the interesting thing is that they're now looking at our client's business and saying that business has got more potential than ours. The way this, this, I don't believe that the software industry has ever had the opportunities that it does now. Yeah. It's always been an area where there's been a lot of money. There have always been some really great successes. There's always been a lot of failures. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at the the hit rates for VCs, but the size of the successes now and the very nature of of software business means its ability to scale has created a real phenomenon at this moment. If you're a shareholder in a software company, and you know. It's positioned correctly. It's in an area that's that's you're focused in an area that's got an upward trend. Um, the potential, the possible potential, is enormous. I, you know, I I can't see, I can't think of any manufacturing businesses, for instance, that within three years have got revenues in hundreds and hundreds of millions with valuations yeah. that these businesses have. And there's there's an upward trend. 
that this is increasing all the time this is growing in momentum and the thing is that these private equity companies the vcs that have invested and they've scored with some of these really big unicorn companies it encourages them to go and do it again and again yeah. and it puts yeah. more money back in which stimulates the whole thing and the interesting thing that i was looking at uh just early in the week is that oh, i've got some of the details here actually that um software tech for the first part of this year as regards investment this is with private equity companies uh, so this is unusual is the second most invested in sector just hmm. just below manufacturing now that typically is where a lot of these private equity companies have gone and there's been a big differential software tech is is on the rise it really is and in so many different areas i think combined with that you know there's a number of factors in that there's this digital transformation that the whole world's going through and way it's changing everyone's private lives and business lives you've got this thing about the platforms which again powered by software um it, it's amazing what we're seeing you know we've both been in software tech for a long while it's never been like this before who knows where it will where it will get to yeah well, it's, uh, I, I think it's just going to get fast, but I think it's really exciting. It is. it can go so fast. And I think it overwhelms a lot of people also because they think I, have, I stand no chance, but no, it's the contrary. Yeah, we've, we've spoken about the pace of this industry, but I think, mm -hmm. I think that it, it is a concern. There's a lot of people in the way that they operate that I think it, it will cause them even more problems. They don't want to move at pace. It's, yeah. it doesn't feel right to them. You know, um, I mean, you must see that. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't you have clients yeah. that you become frustrated with because you say, you know, look, we've, we've looked at the problem. We've analyzed it. We've decided upon the action. Where, where is it? Where's your action? Yeah. Yeah. No, true. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always saying, keep it simple, get it done. Um, because Keep you production have to, high, <laughs> yeah, you have to, and I think also you you learn a lot by by you know that that idea about fire, re-aim, fire again, re-aim. You, you learn by doing, don't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So what what have you been doing this week? Well, any it's, any, it's, any uh, new insights from your side? Well, I spend a lot of time with um, sales teams where you had uh, passive sales teams, let's call it like that. And, and and one where you had really bad behavior of sales guys. They've been there for a while and they know how to do it, but they're basically not doing anything. right? And then they never had a manager that really, how to say, slapped them on the fingers, uh, if you say it nicely. So I'm sitting there watching these guys and I said to one, I said, you should be ashamed. <laughs> really? so it's a tough one huh? you have to turn something around and then they, they 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 i mean first you need to stir it up you have to find the fine balance between shaking them but not killing them because then it's not efficient so it's it's been a tough one right it's a tough tough conversations when you get home you're like oh man when i um, when i've yeah. seen that when i've seen when i've seen sales people or, or even where it affects sales teams where they're being very passive one of the things that I've noticed is that they rationalize that behavior to themselves. Have you, have yeah, you seen that? exactly, exactly. And the way I do it, I do it, I approach them very factual and very black and white. 
and I ask them in the beginning, especially what do you think? And I, it's like sometimes it's like nobody challenged them or, or they could get away with it. And I, 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 I yeah, it's so I reverted to top trees. What you're going to do? Uh, let me see that because, you know, that's the problem with sales. It's not that you can fix those numbers in, in a week or two. If you have a business that's selling larger amounts, it's going to take months. And that's very tricky because it just needs time and you need to make sure that they, that they, they keep up the production. But I mean, you sit in the team, there is no noise. After half a day, you know something's wrong, right? They yeah. need to be calling and mailing and running around, being excited. And that's most of the time where it starts. Do you, so, s- do you see yeah. a difference between sort of younger the less experienced and perhaps the older, more experienced sales guys? No, because there were some older and they were more on their island and they had, you know, the the older do not um, anticipate, they they don't, I mean, now I'm being very generic, but they're not, because it was a SaaS company, they're not acquainted with everything that's around the real inbound hardcore sales cadences kind of stuff they take their phone they get around they start networking and they know what to do it's it's the middle class the middle the middle layer that you have a sales guy did a lot of work and then uh, became sales manager did something like that and then he's basically waiting for leads but nothing's happening that's that's the danger zone it's most mm. of the time sitting there for me mm. so i'm build, rebuilding it from the ground up and I, I, I made some very strong statements where I said, look, listen, if I look at these numbers, you're with, with uh, 10, I'm just saying something, uh, 10 people for me, give me two people and I could do it with two inside sales. I don't need that sales team to support those numbers. Yeah, but if it would come in, guys, that's a luxurious problem. We fix it then. See? So you get into that nasty discussion very quickly. Yes. And, and I mean, they need to step up the game or that is exactly what's going to happen because it's just not cost beneficial and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. How, how often do you come across this? Where you, not where so you... much. Not so no. much. Most yeah. of the time I, I, I come across uh, a lot of scaling issues. Yes. Uh, I come across a lot of, we don't have enough leads, so there is not enough inbound. So I build a lot of inbound machines. But this one is a rather rare. I, I came across it twice this year. And I mean, that's on a lot of companies. Mm. So it, could be, it could be a bit of a leadership issue also. They should have spotted it way earlier. But then again, if, if a CEO is by nature coming from sales, this would not happen. See? Because yeah. I, yesterday I was in a company and the CEO was an ex-sales guy. And I mean, that was a machine. I loved it. I mean, I was calling, calling. If they have five minutes time, I, I call it the McDonald's principle, right? There is not a lot of customers you need to check out then, right? He was like, uh, not enough. You don't have enough to do. Here's a list. Start calling. But then if you have a really technical founder, he, he thinks the process will follow itself. But it doesn't. You need to kick. You need to massage these guys to do things, right? And that's that's where I see the the problem most of the time. Yes, I've 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 come across CEOs who I would describe as being sort of natural, more natural salespeople. And yeah. what I mean by that is that they can sell themselves. I don't think that they can necessarily set up the conditions for other people to sell, and I think that can cause problems. They 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 don't necessarily know how they sell. They go in. They've got a good understanding 
of of their solution and of their market and almost by a force of personality you know they're they're perhaps likable people and people trust them that's something that's difficult to pass across isn't it and they yeah. because they can sell and, and i've had this with one particular client i can think of they when and when they employ bring in new people to sell they can they they're they're thinking is well i do it why can't you do it yeah. why do you need all yeah. these tools i don't need it yeah i think that's... one element that they forget is when they go in they've got a business card which says ceo that that helps as well yeah. that's exactly where the true scale is is if you can make that transition but it's it comes down to product huh? it comes down to sales narrative and it comes down to product if you do that properly the sales narrative and you really craft that product then, 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 but I mean, I was making, so I had, I had, uh, I had, I don't know, this week, a lot of uh, young sales guys came to me, mailed me, asked me like, Michael, can you give me advice as an inside sales? I'm going to do this job or I'm going to be an account manager. Can you give me some advice? And then, and then I told all of them, I said, look, what every company is going to do, they, you're going to come in and they're going to train you on the product or service. And they're going to take you three, four days and train you and train you and train you on that one while actually that is not the first thing they should do. The first thing they should do is explain to you what the fundamental problem is that they are solving. Yes. You see that balance? You, you hardly see it. So one of them said, yeah, Michael, I started, and I started three days ago. And you're right. They talked only about their product for three days. And I said, so do you know who to phone now? Or do you know what to pitch? Do you know why your potential customers need to buy it now i says i have no clue but i know everything about the product and i said that is exactly where it goes wrong yes yeah but there we go again huh? where uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is a fundamental uh, that is a fundamental so so i explain this to these guys and then they tell it to their boss and then their boss get angry and says what do you know about it i've been in sales for 12 years and I guess <laughs> yeah. michael told me <laughs> Then you can get up the argument with them. I've got an update from last uh, last week. You mentioned, yeah. I think you had somebody who came to you and said that in our podcast, we hadn't put the links in of the books that we've recommended. <laughs> we've got somebody doing that now. Not only will they be doing it for all of the future podcasts, but they're going back through all of our past podcasts and they're putting in the titles and the titles. Um, we haven't recommended a book, so I'm going to recommend a book now just so that we can test it to see if it works. And it's called High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. And is it the one about the seven high performance or is it just high performance habits? Because there are a few no. books with that high, title. High, high Performance Habits, it was, it was, it was a New York Times um, bestseller. Um, it's a good book, actually. It's got some really interesting things. Some of the things that we've spoken about. Um, in the past about focusing on that one thing and seeking clarity um, but really interesting and it's also about you know energy which I think is something that also that we've spoken about you've got to have energy there's yeah. no good knowing what you need to do but just not having the energy to do it so it, it's a good read and I think it's worthwhile it's subtitled how extraordinary people become that way but it's high cool. performance habits Brendan Burchard and we will have a link for this in our notes so let me let because I have a pile of books on my, uh, on my desk. <laughs> You're going crazy now. You're getting carried away. Another one I haven't done. I've always I've been looking for a long time after like a time management book, a good one. Oh, okay. And a few years ago, I read a good one, and it's written by Peter Bregman, and it's called Eighteen Minutes. 
And the subtitle is Find Your Focus, Master Distraction, and Get the Right Things Done. It's a, it's the only one, because I read tons of them, it's the yes. only one that, that sticked. That sounds good. Yeah, I've not yeah. heard of that. I've not come across that book. So I know. Yeah. I need to buy it for you. But as yeah. you are writing a book, I'll wait until you're finished and then yeah. and then um Well I'm definitely I'll gonna announce to you. I'm definitely gonna announce the book when I finish because it's been hard work. I thought I had it finished and I got another chapter and a half to do, which is based upon this work that we've been doing about the unicorn software companies. And I've, yeah. I've got to include it because it's so valuable. So it's delayed things. But I'm going to get it done. We discussed yesterday. I'm hoping to get it published by November. So cool. I just need to put aside four or five days to really then, get my head down. Then we'll do a session and I'll only interview you on it. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> right. We better finish. We've, we've been going 36 minutes today. We've gone over time, yeah. which is unusual for us. We're usually fairly close. Um, yeah. But always, it's been a pleasure. This has been the Bossit Podcast. Please keep the feedback going because as you can hear, we do listen and we do make changes. And if you've got some uh, topics that you'd like us to discuss or if you want to tell us what we're doing wrong, we're just as willing to listen to that as well. But uh, it's been great. Thank you very much, Michael. And uh, we'll speak again soon. Speak again soon. Bye, Mark. Cheers. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye.